welcome to the Seeking Pearls podcast. It is wonderful to be here with you this evening. I'm so grateful when the Lord shows me pockets of time where I can get downstairs to my podcast table and record a podcast. That is what happened this evening. The Lord just showed me. He's like, hey, you have some time this evening. You can get down there. And I'm so grateful to be here because we are wrapping up a series in the podcast tonight. This is the fifth podcast in a series about praying for our kids as they head back to school. So I started this in August, but I myself headed back to school by becoming a full-time third grade teacher for a a temporary full-time third grade teacher. And so I had much more limited time than I had anticipated. So it is now October and we are finishing up this series finally, but it has been such a joy for me to think about how we pray for our kids in specific ways. So it's been a five-part series. The first part was praying the armor of God of our over our kids. And so we looked at what it means and the purpose behind praying for each piece of the armor of God from Ephesians chapter 6 and putting that on our kids as they head to school each day. The second podcast in the series was praying the presence of God over our kids. And of course, our our kids go with God wherever they go. Jesus promised, I will be with you always to the end of the age. So we know that God goes with our kids wherever they go, but specifically praying that they would experience his presence in new ways, that they would tap into his presence and let him lead them since he is in fact present with them all the time. And then the third podcast in this series was praying the power of God over our kids and really talking about how if our kids know Jesus, if they confess Jesus as Lord, they are already filled with the Holy Spirit. And we learn in both Ephesians and in Romans that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the resurrection. The Holy Spirit is responsible for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have within us as believers in Jesus the power of the resurrection. So what we want to pray for our kids then is pray that they would lean into that power, that they would that they would let the power of God lead their lives, that they would tap into that power, and that our school buildings then would be filled with resurrection power of mighty acts of God within our school building. The fourth session in this series was praying the peace of God over our kids. And when we pray the peace of God over our kids, we remember that the peace of God is not like this fluffy blanket stuffed animal type of coziness, but that the peace of God is the pervading presence of God that quiets, stills, and protects our hearts and minds in the midst of a chaotic and troublesome world. So praying the peace of God over our kids to be a bodyguard over their hearts and minds in the midst of the world that they are going through. And then tonight we are going to talk about praying the love of God over our kids. Praying the love of God over our kids. I have become convinced that the greatest need in the world is that hearts would be opened by and awakened to the love of God. That human beings would know that they are deeply loved beyond all understanding. That human beings would know and experience 
the love of God, that the love of God would open up their hearts, that they would be awakened to his love. It would change the world if our hearts as a, as a whole of humanity, if our hearts were opened up to the immense love of God that is bigger and more fantastic than we can possibly comprehend. If even Bible-believing Christians, church-going Christians, people who have gone to church their entire lives but have never really sat down to dwell on the love of God, if we would take a moment just to recite to ourselves and to dig deep down into our hearts the the words that we have known for so long, John Chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved through him. Do you hear the love in that? God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. We do not have a condemning God. We have a saving God. And he desires that we would know his love, that we would know his love in an experiential way. Usually throughout the Bible, when the word know is used, in Hebrew it is yada. And it is a word that doesn't mean to mentally comprehend something. It means to experientially understand something. I understand this because I experienced it. That's the type of know that the Lord wants us to have with his love. He wants us to know his love in an experiential manner that changes our lives. It would change the world if men and women and children knew the love of God throughout the world. It would change the world. I have been studying the Psalms for about the last six months. Our church was doing a Summer in the Psalms reading program. And if you went along with the reading program throughout the summer, you would finish reading through all 150 Psalms in about 90 days. I took a different course a little bit, though, because I really felt compelled to handwrite the Psalms. So I have a journal, and I've been hand copying through the book of Psalms. I didn't start with the hand copying right away. I started kind of leaning kind of just journaling my thoughts for like the first 20 psalms or so. I was just like journaling what I think about the psalm. And then uh, maybe like around the 20th psalm or something like that, I, I realized that what I should be doing instead, what was right for me to be doing instead, was to hand copy the psalms. So in my journal, I'm literally writing out all 150 psalms. And it has been an incredible exercise. I've never gone through an exercise like this before where you write out a book of the Bible. I know other people have. Some of my favorite podcast teachers have done that. That's where I got the idea. But um, I have never done that before. It's been a wonderful experience. And of course, the Psalms is a rather large book to begin with. But it's, it's been just wonderful. And 
the resounding theme that I've been handwriting out for, I'm on, I'm on Psalm 119. I think I'll finish it tomorrow. Um, the resounding theme that I have been so struck by was how the, the writers of the Psalms are constantly singing about the love of God. The love of God fills the songbook of the Psalms, praising God for his love. And even all the Psalms of lament, they start out with lament and they are crying out about their enemies, asking God if he has forgotten them, forsaken them, like asking God to turn back towards them, you know, the crying out and lament, but they end with praising God for his love. They are just so enamored with his love because they know that his love is everything. His love is what sets them free. The love of God frees their heart to worship. They cry out to God for so many reasons throughout the history of Israel, and yet the psalmists are constantly praising God for his great love over and over and over again. And I wonder, I just wonder, I don't, I'm not saying that this is for sure a situation, but I wonder if we have lost that a little bit, if we as a Christian church have lost being enamored with the love of God. Do we let ourselves just be enamored with the love of God? Can we just sit with the love of God and let it wow us? Let it awe us. Can we do that? Do we do that? Do we take time for that? The psalmist certainly did. In my third grade class, I have just seen such a desperate, desperate need for a knowledge of the love of God. And it has to start mentally. I think that that even before we necessarily can experience the love of God, we have to at least just on a very basic level be told at some point that there is a God in heaven who loves you. There is a God in heaven who loves you. And it has been eye-opening to me again that our schools are filled Even in Fargo, North Dakota, our schools are filled with kids who have never heard that there is a God in heaven who loves you. He made you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He handcrafted you. He designed you. He has plans for your life and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Our schools are filled with kids who have never heard this before. One of my daughters, uh, when she was young, she was like in the fourth grade or something, and our we have a very high number of Muslim kids in our school, which is wonderful. And she, one of her very good friends, well, she's had many, many very good friends who are Muslim, and there was one in particular that she was struggling with one night, and she was like, Mom, how can I show her, like, how can I show her Jesus? How can I share Jesus with her? And I said, you know what, honey? I think the best place to start is just with the love of God. Let her know, do you know that you are loved by God? God loves you so much. Because in in the line of faith that she has grown up in, this girl, 
She has probably not heard very often that God loves her. That is not one of the pillars of the Muslim faith. And so I was just like, she she may have heard that in her family, they might teach that God loves them. She also may have never heard that. She might never have heard that there is a God in heaven who loves you. So I just said, just tell her, did you know that God loves you? And my daughter came home from school a couple days later, and she told me, Mom, I told her today because she was sad about, I don't remember what she was sad about, something at school. And I just told her, you know what? God loves you so much. And Mom, her face lit up. She smiled so big, and she gave me a hug. It can change people's lives when they hear that there is a God in heaven who loves them because so many of our kids in our schools have never heard this. They've never heard it. In my class, I don't know exactly which kids have and have not heard that there is a God in heaven who loves them. But in the four weeks that I've been in this third grade class, one little boy has shared with me that Around the first day of school, his mom walked out on their family, and he's being taken care of now by dad, but mom just left the family. This little boy has been primarily checked out completely since school started, absolutely no ability to try to listen or pay attention, no effort in his work at all. The reason that I finally took too long, it took me too long to sit down and have a conversation with him about his family, and I feel really bad that I didn't do this sooner, but the reason I, the Lord prompted me to sit down on the bench with him and talk to him one day about some of these deeper things is because he had punched a kid on the playground and had to sit out. And for the rest of recess, rather than scolding him, which is what I wanted to do, The Lord led me to just ask him about his family and he just opened up and he just spilled everything about his mom leaving him and abandoning the family. Another little girl has shared with me a few times this year that she's really, really sad because her dad's in jail and she hasn't seen him in a very long time. And she's, she's just very sad. And the other day, again, she asked me for another hug and just shared with me how much she missed her dad. And that day, everybody was out of the classroom. They had gone to gym while, while she and I were talking. And so I was able to ask her, I was like, honey, do you know that Jesus loves you so much? And she praised the Lord. She said, yeah, I know that. And I was like, oh, praise God. Praise God. Never forget that, honey. Never forget how much Jesus loves you. Another little girl asked me one day, we were swinging together at recess, and she said, Mrs. Meitinger, do you ever feel like you don't belong to a family? Oh, and my heart just broke. And I was like, oh, sweetheart, no, I don't ever feel like that. And she said, well, do you ever feel like your family doesn't want you around or doesn't care about you? And again, it broke my heart. I was like, oh, sweetie, no, I don't ever feel like that. Why don't you tell me about your feelings? And then she just shared how she feels. Her mom also, she moves like every year, apparently. I'm not sure what the deal is. She has had a string of really, really bad boyfriends. And this little girl goes down and spends the summers with her. She just feels very neglected uh, at both homes, when she's here in Fargo and when she is with her mom. Another little boy, I don't know his home situation very well at all, but he struggles a great deal with lots of different things. And before noon, just the other day, he had punched three kids before noon. And I don't know what his home situation is. I know that he struggles to understand what he's doing. 
and to understand the ramifications of what it means to hurt another person. Um, And I don't know if he knows that there is a God in heaven who loves him, who loves him. And that the, the love of God can heal us. The love of God heals our wounds as the love of God gets into the wounded places and permeates and bathes the wounded places with the love of God like ointment. The love of God is the most powerful force on planet Earth. The love of God is the most powerful force on planet Earth. And I desire for hearts to be awakened to it, for hearts to be opened up to the love of God. And so, of course, my prayer then is that my kids who go to school with the Holy Spirit living inside of them, that my kids would take with them the love of God. I mean, in fact, of course, they do take with them the love of God through the Holy Spirit. Again, love is one of the fruits of the Spirit. And last week when we were talking about peace, we were talking about how the fruit that grows on a tree is for the benefit of those who are walking by the tree. And so the fruit that grows from the Holy Spirit within us is for the benefit of those around us. So the love of God, which is, by the way, the first fruit listed, that love is not just for us, although it will heal and change us as well, but it is really for the benefit of those who are walking by. And my prayer so deeply is that my own kids would be so rooted in the love of Christ, so understanding of the love of Christ, so swimming in the love of Christ, that they would then, the fruit would grow in abundance and that people who are around my kids would experience the love of God through my kids so that the love of God could permeate out from my kids into the buildings in which they go to school every single day. Would the love of God spread through them all day, every single day? That is my prayer. So I want to take us to just a few places tonight uh, that just talk about the love of God and its transformative work. The first place that I want to go and really um, the epicenter of this entire podcast is quite famous as it should be because it's phenomenal. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 19 I want to share with you. So Paul is writing to the people of Ephesus. And his prayer for them is that they would know the love of God. And again, this is not just a a mental comprehension, that they would mentally comprehend that there is a God in in heaven who loves me. Just like, oh, okay, check. You know, it's, it's not that. But that they would know deep in their soul, that they would have an experience that changes their lives with the love of God. So this is what he prays for them uh, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, 
being rooted and established in love. Okay, so let's just break down, first of all, wh where are we at so far? What is he praying so far for the people he's writing to? He's praying that God, because he has glorious riches, that out of those riches, God would strengthen the believers with power with the Holy Spirit in their inner being. So this goes back to praying the power of God over our kids, over ourselves, that we would be strengthened in the power of God. And then he goes on about why. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That as the power of the Holy Spirit fills up your heart, that Christ would take residence in your heart and as Christ takes residence in your heart and fills you with his love the next sentence says that you are being rooted and established in love so that as you grow your roots are growing deep down into the love of Christ you are growing deep into the love of Christ that is where your roots are growing. That is the establishment of your life, who you are. Your entire being is established in the love of Christ. That is what I want for my kids. I want my kids' roots to go deep into the love of Christ. And of course, some of that comes through the love of Paul and I, that, you know, that through our love, we show them the love of Christ. But let me tell you, our love falls so short. <laughs> our love fails so often. So I don't want my kids to be rooted and established in my love because my love fails. I want my kids to be rooted and established in the love of Christ. The love of Christ. And then through that, we will have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. That as my kids are rooted and established in Christ, they would have power together with all the saints. This is so beautiful, the way that Paul writes this, that they would have power with all of the saints, all the saints who've gone before us, all the saints who are living on earth at the same time of us, all the saints who have gone into heaven, all the saints to come, that all together we would understand how deep and wide and high and long is the love of Christ. What else has these dimensions? The only thing that ever comes to my mind is the ocean that my kids would swim in the love of Christ, like an ocean, like swimming in the ocean. And you know when you're swimming in the ocean, there is no end to its width, there is no end to its length, there is no end to the height. If you're down at the ocean floor, it feels like there is no end to the height. And if you're up on top of the waters, it feels like there's no end to the depth of the love of Christ. It is endless. Of course, the ocean itself is not actually infinite, but the love of Christ is. And the closest thing that can come into my comprehension that seems infinite is the ocean. And yet the love of Christ is actually infinite and it goes infinitely long and infinitely deep and infinitely high and infinitely wide is the love of Christ. And 
Paul's prayer is that we would experience, that we wouldn't just be like, well, we can never understand how big the love of Christ is, so why try? No, his prayer is that we would experience it, that we would swim in it, that we would be like scuba divers in the ocean of the love of God, that we would swim and explore the expanses of the love of God. The expanses of the love of God. If we want to see the expanses of space and what God has created, why would we not also want to explore the expanses of who God is at his very, very core, his love? Let us explore the expanses of his love. And then in verse 19, Paul wraps up after talking about wanting to know the length and height and width and depth of the love of Christ, he says, and to know this love, to know this love, to experientially understand and comprehend because you have experienced it yourself, to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you might be filled up to the measure of all of the fullness of God. To know this love that surpasses knowledge. Last week we learned that the peace of God surpasses knowledge. And tonight we see that the love of God passes knowledge. It is surpassing what we can understand. But that is a reason for us to press in and explore. The oceans are currently like 90% unexplored. And yet there are people who are constantly studying the oceans. Will they ever get it fully studied? No, probably not until eternity. Uh, And then we can probably still explore the oceans for all of eternity. Um, There are people who are constantly, spend their entire lives exploring outer space. Will we ever be able to fully explore outer space? Probably not. No, until into eternity. We'll have all of eternity to do it. And yet people still study it because it's fascinating and it's wonderful and we can learn so much and we can gain so much and discover so many wonderful, amazing things. So too with the love of God. Will we ever fully explore the expanses of the love of God. No, but praise God, we get to do it for all of eternity. And just the fact that we will never understand fully the love of God, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't spend our time and our days and our energy swimming in the love of God, exploring the love of God, asking God to show us new things about his love, just sitting with the love of God, pondering the love of God, tapping into the love of God, praying the love of God, and praying that the love of God would flow through us and flow through our kids to fill the buildings that they go to every single day. Lord, would your transformative love fill the buildings where my kids go every day? Would your love flow out of them and into others so that others can experience it as well? In just the next chapter, or actually I was reading from Ephesians chapter 3, but if you jump down to chapter 5, chapter 5 verse 1 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love. 
just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Follow God's example as dearly loved children. You are a dearly loved child. Follow God's example. Walk in the way of love, just like Jesus did. Jesus spent his time with those who needed love the most desperately. Jesus spent his time with those who did not know they were loved. Jesus spent his time with those who are cast out from society. Throughout the whole of scripture, going all the way back to the beginning of scripture and the whole way through, if you read and study scripture, you will see in it a God who is always, always pursuing the one who does not know he or she is loved. The one who is desperate for love and the one who is open to love, who lets their hearts be awakened by love. That is who God is pursuing throughout the whole of scripture. So so should we and so should my kids as they go to school seek out those who need the love of God, which of course it's everybody. But let us pray that God would open our eyes to those who have never heard that there is a God in heaven who loves you. Let let God open our eyes to sit next to a kid who has never ever heard about the love of Jesus, never experienced the love of God or the kindness of God through another person. Our schools are full of kids who are not familiar with the love of God. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, John writes some beautiful words. And I think it's really neat because throughout the Gospel of John, John refers to himself as the one that Jesus, is, Jesus loves. And I think that's, I always thought that was kind of weird. Like, why does he refer to himself that way? And then I read a book about the beloved disciple. And I learned through that book, it was by Beth Moore. It was, it's called The Beloved Disciple. And I learned through that book, she just gave it a whole new, uh, she put, put a whole new viewpoint on it. And she said, John was so flabbergasted that Jesus loves him, that he referred to himself only as the disciple that Jesus loves, the disciple that Jesus loves, the disciple that Jesus loves. And by no means did he mean that Jesus didn't love the other disciples, not at all. But what he meant by it is, I can't believe that Jesus loves me so much. I am going to identify myself in one way, the disciple that Jesus loved. That is the identifying measure of who I am I am the disciple that Jesus loved. And isn't that a beautiful way to think of yourself? I am the girl that Jesus loves. I am the girl that Jesus loves. Think of myself that way. And then throughout John's letters, especially 1 John, we see this constant uh, theme of how amazing the love of God is throughout his letter, which makes sense since he himself is so enamored with the love of Jesus for him. So anyway, in chapter 3, I love when scripture uses exclamation points. And in chapter 3 of 1 John, John uses an exclamation point, which I love. 
And he says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God! Exclamation point. And that is what we are! Exclamation point. He's got two exclamation points in that very short verse. See what love the the Father has lavished on us. He's in awe of the love of God. And by this time, he is an old man when he's writing this letter, and he is still in awe of the love of God. Would we, too, be so in awe of the love of God? And would we look at our lives and think, he has lavished his love on us. He has lavished his love on us. We are children of God, and that is what we are. He's called us that. Can you believe it? He's so amazed by this, even as an old man. It has not grown to be old news for him. This is what I want my kids to go to school with every day. I want them to go to school every day with an awe that they are children of God, that they are loved by God, so that they themselves can be rooted and established in his love, and so that they can spread the love of Christ like a fragrance throughout their buildings to the vast hundreds of kids in every single building, hundreds of kids who do not and have never heard that they are loved by Christ. I pray that my kids would go and spread the fragrance of Christ, the aroma of Christ the love of Christ throughout the schools, that they would be able to share with those kids, you are loved by God. There is a God in heaven who loves you, who loves you, who died for you, who thought that you were so valuable. You are so valuable. You are so precious that he sees you as worth dying for. You are so loved. May we pray the love of God over our kids and over our school buildings. It will change the world. It is the greatest need in the world and the greatest need in our school buildings that kids would know the love of God. Amen and amen. Have a great night. Uh, When I come back to the podcast, I am going to pick up some women in the Bible. So earlier this summer... We did four weeks on a series called, Do You See This Woman? And looking at four different women from the Bible. That is going to be a recurring series that we come back to and look at four new women of the Bible for four more podcasts. And and then we'll just continue to have that recurring because I simply love to teach on women in the Bible. And so it'll, it'll recur again. I hope you have a great night. Thanks for joining me. Bye.